Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. How good has this week been, huh? Man, every single vendor I stopped by at the trade show and every single entity last night at the party all said the same thing, which is, wow, excitement up, optimism up, so many cool people here, and this is fun, right, Jason Paris? That is the intro to my speech. I did steal that from later on, so. <laughs> all right, so, um, as, you, as you know, Jason and I are probably 45, 50 minutes away in Minnesota. We are close friends in this industry. We met five or six years ago, and uh, we both share the same passions of professionalizing this industry. And we have a very specific theory about how we can most quickly move the needle in this industry. And basically this, yes. Okay. All right, uh, let's go. How about this? Better? Should I just talk louder? Okay. My, I think I have a muffler over my microphone here, so, all right. <laughs> all right. Good, Jason Paris? Yeah. All right. Jason Paris and I's worst nightmare is tech issues, so here we go. Awesome. All right. Just yell. Just yell. Okay. All right, everybody. So, we're going to just go through uh, the, the assignment. Uh, the, the idea that we had for this was we're each going to bring some statistics and some data, some things that we have found in the industry uh, that guide this theory about how to professionalize and how to actually improve uh, people's lives in this industry. So the, the thing was sort of like a stat trade-off. I'm gonna bring some data and some stats that have guided me. Jason's gonna do the same. And then there's gonna be a lot of awkward Minnesota humor, so buckle up. It's gonna be great. <laughs> All right, clicker, come on now. Yep. Great. Tech problem number two, perfect. Oh, there we go. All right, perfect. Introductions. Okay, Jason Paris, you're first. My name is Jason Paris. I'm a painting contractor from Minnesota. Currently serve as chair of the board. <laughs> oh, you didn't have to wait long for that awkward Minnesota humor. This is going to be great. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is... All right, well, uh, tell us about your business. People, what do people need to know about you, Jason Paris? Yeah, we paint houses. Um, Great. This is going great. <laughs> Residential repaint contractor. Uh, top line last year was 8.3 million, which Thousand? was a growth from 5 million the year before. So we've been in high growth. Also have a construction company. Uh, last year, top line 5 million. Uh, we also have Holdings Company, which has purchased equity and other painting business to help them grow uh, and stabilize. And then I build apartments in southern Minnesota as well. So we have three buildings in the ground. That's awesome. Awesome. I also, in 2008... All right, that was enough. I was just being polite. <laughs> a lot of shotgun kills on the game Battlefield 2142. So. I assume that's one of those video games? That is correct. Okay, sounds good. All right, uh, I'm Nick Slavic. I'm the proprietor of the Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration Company. I also host uh, a show on social media called Ask a Painter Live, and, and it has literally connected me with almost everybody in this room here, and it's a wonderful thing. So um, we, uh, we are a residential repaint company, 
in uh, southern Minnesota, uh, just near Jason there. Um, we operate under the decent human being theory. We could not find enough painters. Sound familiar? So we had to make our own. So we bring good people off the street, many of them which I brought today with me, my entire team. Uh, and then we have an apprenticeship program, a training facility, uh, and we're, we're scheduled to do about 3.4 million this year. Uh, we do have a slight specialization in some historic restorations as well. So, and I'm the vice chair of the PCA. There we go. Okay, so this slide says Nick, so this is my slide. Yep. Worldwide, <laughs> worldwide, only 13% of adults call themselves engaged at work. And do you believe that painters would trend higher or lower in the standard deviation curve? Hold on, let me check my list here. Yeah. I would assume they go lower. I would assume they go lower. So we, this is a self-selecting group of people in this room right here, right? The average PCA contractor is 10 to 15 times larger than the industry average painting contractor. And when I see this, this is all jobs. You could make an argument based on the data and statistics we have that engagement is even lower in this industry. Do you have a comment or are you just gonna leave no, me hanging? Just okay. looking at you. All right, sounds good. <laughs> all right, awesome. We can do this. Do I press the arrow keys instead? Yes. I, yes. Yeah. I'll talk to Mr. Hyatt after this. Awesome. Uh, average length of a painting business is 1.674 years before they go out of business. That's typically when they find out what taxes are. Okay, so <laughs> now I'm going to say it because there's probably lots of people wondering. That is a very specific number, Jason Paris. You could said one year, one and a half year. Why is it 1.674? Uh, fractions. Okay. <laughs> I'll believe you. Jason's an economics major, so we just have to believe him. So. It's called a BS degree. <laughs> Bachelor of Science. <laughs> <laughs> Next slide. But Jason, Jason actually came up with this by doing all the weird back extrapolation and cornering uh, people and getting data from them. And he actually came up with this number years ago. Right. That, then, yeah, a lot of vendor data as yep. well. And yeah, so this is, this is not sort of like, you know, we love the data plus feelings things. The feeling is this, like we see a lot of painters come and go. It's the small companies that are here and there. But when you, when you talk to a lot of our vendors about when accounts are created, how long do they buy paint from you? And it's usually that somewhere between one and three years. Yeah, and be a standard deviation curve with a long right tail. I, I trust you when you say that. Okay. I don't know what that is. Yep. Means so, the graph yeah. looks like this from your perspective. I did it backwards because they're looking at us. Oh, all right. Graph goes up. And <laughs> anyway, oh good. So, but the average lifespan of a painting company is very low. So the feelings part of this is there's a whole, when you go out and estimate, it's the proverbial low bidder, right? Yeah. They're not charging enough money. And when they find out about taxes. It's out of business pricing. It's out of business pricing. Yep. They don't know. And, and the common thing when I talk to painters is, listen, if Jason's only going to pay me $30 an hour to paint, I'm going to start my own business and charge $40. i will be rich. And they're not pricing in the risk of that form of business. Right. Yep. You got it. Thank you. Oh, wow. That's, that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's enough positive affirmation for you today. 1.5 people. The average business size in our industry is 1.5 people. How do you get 0.5 people, you might ask? That is the version of business that I went through, which is my dad had the painting business and I worked summers. That is your 1.5. Jason, how many, what percentage of the industry is likely that? 
maybe 80. I'd say you're in the top 1% if you're a million dollar company. I know that stat. Um, yeah, it's the majority. And the issue is that you have good uh, tradesmen who now run their own, want to jump into running their own business. And the first hurdle they get to is I'm trying to network my friends and family to work with me in a model that only exists through self-martyrdom. That's the challenge. You're describing the first 20 years of my life in this industry. <laughs> self-martyrdom. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, at one point, I mean, we've all kind of been here before where it's like, listen, I'm a sole proprietor, solopreneur. I'm out there doing it. I'm painting. Yeah. I'm actually putting a lot of cash away. This is great. The data part of that is I'm working 90 hours a week. And if you calculate the dollar per hour, I was probably making about $19 an hour. I just own two jobs. Right. You're not being forced to uh, provide clear job descriptions for your employees, onboarding them. People that you do bring on are given kind of a hodgepodge experience, which is just creating more uh, negative connotations for the industry. So you can understand over a long period of time when people hear, well, yeah, I went and worked for a painter, and all he did was yell at me all those years, so now I'm not going back. And then they tell a friend. And that's not a great thing for our industry. <laughs> this is an app question that no one can actually figure out how to enter. How, and, uh, how many people are doing the questions on the app? For the gamification. The gamification. Okay. I've been harassed a lot, so you're shy. You're not raising your so hand. So I, I did a very smart thing that I didn't inadvertently mean to do, which was I was supposed to submit a trivia question for this. And I said in there, not knowing what I was doing, Jason Paris says that this number is important. So instead of people coming to me then, everybody tracked Jason down for it, which was <laughs> awkward. It was great. It was great. Who's got a guess? Who's got a guess? Boy, we're going to go over time. Who's got to guess what this number is right here? What does $43,000 a year represent? We have a hand right back in the middle. No. Four. This is one of the saddest numbers. Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> Man. So this is one of the saddest numbers that I've come across in the last years of trying to gain data and perspective, which is the average take-home pay for a paint business owner in the United States is this. Paint business owner. This is 21, was 21 and a half dollars an hour. Most paint business owners in the United States could go work for another painter and make more money and have less risk based on this number. Not to say they should, but it's an indication that they're likely not pricing in the risk of actually owning a business. Now, when you see this number and the average lifespan of a painting business, sort of makes sense, right? <laughs> if you're only taking that home, you're not gonna buy insurance. You're not gonna do free estimates. You're not gonna do all these callbacks. Some clients don't even pay you, I hear. And all that risk is not built into this. Ancillary comments, Jason Paris? You are correct that this is a median statistic, not an average. Economics, yes. Oh, Jason slide. Thank you. So my name is on this one. Uh, according to Sergey Brin, who is the co-founder of Google, uh, cardiac surgeons in Florida's median salary is $280,000 a year. It's an interesting stat. Seems like a lot. Still seems light for what they should be getting, though. Well, Feels like sniff test. Saving lives. Next slide. Jason coined another phrase. He coins lots of phrases in the industry. Paintrepreneur, single painter. If you have a very, very, very well-run 10-person painting company, it's likely a million-dollar company, top line. If you can do a 15% net profit, and basically, as the owner, you wear a bunch of hats and compensate yourself $150,000 a year, 
you can take home $300,000 a year for a 10-person painting company. Run very well. More than a surgeon. Which seems odd. <laughs> Back we go. Here we are. All right. <laughs> Here we are. There well is what I think we're all aware there is what's called a supply-demand gap in our industry, meaning there's more demand for professional services than there is supply to service that demand. When that happens, there's massive profits to be had. This is currently an industry that has not realized its profitability despite that supply and demand gap. Wow. That was well put together, man. Jason, yeah. I, uh, this is something that I know and believe, but Jason introduced this to me years ago, and he explains it better than anybody I've ever heard. Yeah, just want to talk through um, you know, kind of the, the path that we see in the painting industry. A lot of us start out as employees, and I just want to kind of hone in on that concept. An employee is, that someone, is someone that trades their time for money. Right, you clock in your hours, you are paid for those hours. And then the typical jump, this is the most common um, business model that you would see in repaint, uh, would be a self-employed business owner. You currently own a job. Right? You own a job. Your active work is providing you an income. I would call that 90% of the industry yep. owns a job. Mm -hmm. The next level would be a business owner. And this is the great chasm. This is a pretty big jump. Very, very rare that you see a business owner in the residential repaint industry. Now this is the cream of the crop here at the PCA. But a business owner I would define as you have a scalable system and your income does not only depend on your active work, instead depends on your people and processes to make you money. You're still guiding those people, you're still guiding those processes, but it's not, tip, it's not solely dependent on your active work. And then the purple unicorn would be an investor. Right? Very, very few businesses in painting ever achieve an investor status. And that would be where your equity is providing you income. And that equity is independent of any time or effort. It would be very similar if you were to own Coke and, or, uh, stock in Coca-Cola. Uh, it does not matter how much you email them or mail them or strategize <laughs> on what players they should do. You're going to get a get dividend on that return based off of your equity. This is rare. It requires a lot of stability, so a certain infrastructure that's required to hit that stability. Uh, but it starts to paint forward the path. Paint the path. Paint the path. Yep. We're just going to introduce that concept of these different stages of business models. Yeah, so um, you have done this. You have that's done correct. this. And that's why your voice carries so much credibility here, because you've done the thing that's hard in any industry, but it's new and novel and hard in our industry. Yeah, I would say very common in most of the economy. Most industries, most uh, business types have that investor portion to them. Fairly common in contracting, more common in the licensed trade, trades, HVAC, electrical, plumbing. We see a lot more in pest control, interestingly, has been one that's kind mm -hmm. of been shooting up recently. Uh, but in painting, extremely, extremely rare. Like I said, you're seeing less than 1% hit that $1 million threshold. You're probably getting to that three to five million dollar top line before you can really afford the infrastructure to provide that stability. And we awkward stare. All right, <laughs> Lisa Moon. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah, you employ you. You don't have a painting job, but you are a self-employed estimator. Another another way to look at that is you may own a president job, 
right? It's being a president of a multi-million dollar painting company is a great job to have. Well, the minute sorry. that you stop showing up to that job, your equity stops producing a dividend, and that's the main differentiator. Do you have equity that produces a dividend outside of your energy and efforts, or is it solely dependent on you owning that job? I'm the man of the people, so I'll, I'll boil that down into something called the turkey truck test, which is if you don't know if you're a business owner or self-employed, if you get hit by the turkey truck tomorrow, does your business go on? Honestly, that's a good test. It's a thought experiment to see if your systems are in place and your people are in place in order to do something without you. And a business owner is a nice, it's like a medium stepping stone between being self-employed and having the option to be an investor in your company. Most self-employed owner operators make a great living. It's a great lifestyle business. They have a good job and they also have equity. And uh, that is a great thing, that is a good thing. What I just wanted to emphasize was the great chasm in painting, right? Majority of our industry is self-employed. It is very, very difficult to even get to the step of being a business owner, right? There's that purple unicorn of being an investor where it's just strictly equity, but it's a pretty novel concept to become that business owner. All right, this is also my slide, so that's great. Um, so we did this at the Gomp a number of years ago. Anybody here at Gomp, Gathering of Minnesota Painters? Woo, Gomp, get Gompt. Uh, Gomp stands for Gathering of Minnesota Painters, and it was kind of break the ice in the room because we had a bunch of painting contractors that were somewhat filtered, somewhat self-selected, and the fact that they showed up in a room together. And, uh, but you could always, you can kind of read the body language of the arms were crossed, and I want us to start sharing trade secrets, but really best, best practices and get people to open up. So, broke out a flip chart. There you go. A plus, Mr. Hyatt. <laughs> broke out a flip chart and just did some basic math. So this stood for the twin seats. <laughs> Everything's not on fire. This stood for the, I'll, we'll just power through it. Uh, <laughs> This was the Twin Cities model. So in our Twin Cities metro area, we have about 20 Sherwin-Williams paint stores. This was four or five years ago, averaged $1.5 million of top-line revenue in those stores, which, so that would be equate to a $30 million top-line of paint sold from Sherwin-Williams in the area that we wanted to drive to. About 70% of their products, when you dug in, were products that we used. There's a lot of commercial lines that weren't equivalent that we didn't care about that didn't affect our numbers. And so with that, there's about $20 million of products sold by Sherwin that was applicable to what we do. We dug in further. Hopefully this is not proprietary information. I'm sorry, Mr. Williams, if you're in the room. But about 60% <laughs> was the market share that they said they had in that area, that geographic area. So you divide 21 million by 0.6, gave us a $35 million top line of products that we used in the metro area. You divide that by a industry average of 0.15 average material percent to get you a $233 million market cap just in the area that we want to drive in the Twin Cities. There's a lot of math there, a lot of numbers, but trust me. We do. Okay. <laughs> we then did some, without getting too into it, this was a while ago, but minimal viable charge rate to start to build out somewhat of a healthy model in painting. We picked a pretty low number at 55 an hour, put 2,000 hours for a painter, so 110 produced top line per year. So the thought experiment for the room to break the ice was, what if we had 100 painters? 
right? That'd be a monster. If you had a company that had 100 painters, you'd be like, oh shoot, that guy's gonna suck up all the work and I can't feed my family. Yep. Well, the reality is that 100, 100 painter company would equate to about $11 million top line, which would be about 4.7% of the market cap. So we looked around the room and said, gosh, we, you know, we're all gonna help each other. You know, what if, what if 10 of us shot to the moon, got to $10 million in just the type of work we did, we're not going into the other products that we're not currently buying at Sherwin, mainly commercial ones, we would have less than half of the market cap and still there'd be over half to go after and grow into. That was a pretty like jaw-dropping moment and uh, those who are in that room, they still talk about today. Yep. But just kind of helps the stage of that, another coin, we've, another phrase that we've coined is cooperation. Yep. Right? The reason of why we feel it's mutually beneficial to professionalize the industry, it's not a, uh, what's it called? It's not me against you. It's, how, it's not a zero sum game. It's not a zero sum, right, yep. man. Aaron's my guy. Yeah. Right? But it's the fact that we can all win together. And this was, this was the boogeyman theory, right? Like everybody's looking at Paris saying, listen, if Paris is operating in the Twin Cities, he's got a big old business. And why should we even operate? He's going to be stealing jobs from us. We can statistically prove that it's a very small portion. And I like the way Jason said it too, which is even if somebody came in and they were able to do take 20% of the market share, that leaves 80% for Jason Paris. It's good. Yeah, the only competition that you truly face is your ability to execute your business model. It's not a zero-sum game. It's not me against you. It's how well can you as an individual execute at, pro at a professional scale. Everybody in that room, the first GOMP meeting, was all looking around, like you said, arms crossed. The second we went through this, big sigh of relief in the room. So we, the reason we put this slide up here is because we want to professionalize this industry. We want to take business best practices and give them and have them used in every painting company in the US. The knee-jerk reaction is, well, wait a second. I'm the professional one. All these other people are the unwashed masses. I'm, I'm going to clean up. What if they're all professionalized? Now it's going to make me harder. Our argument is it's going to be better. It's going to be better. Current state of the industry, Jason Paris, found versus seek. It's still your fault. <laughs> so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I should have talked to Mr. Hyatt. Um, I would just say. <laughs> it's just, this is our worst nightmare. This is, it's, just, it's all coming true. Oh, no. I'll be it's all coming true. Waking up in a cold sweat for years. I will be, the, every day I wake up for the next six months, I'm going to be reliving these moments. What could I have done better? What if only. Severely underperformed. I asked you to do one thing. Just I, we asked one okay. thing. Stay on track. Found versus seek. Most of us find the painting industry. It finds us, I'd say, is probably the better way to say it. Yep. Uh, what's the phrase you always say? It's their parents. Well, yeah, there's only two origin stories in painting, really. I did it with my dad or I did it in college, right? That's yep. probably 90% of how we find painting. Yep. It's pretty rare that you talk to someone when they say, this is something that I sought after. <laughs> I was seeking the painting industry. And that's the current state. I think that tide will shift, and that's something that we certainly want to be a part of. Yes. Uh, we're, very, we're very passionate about building professionalization up in the industry, but also pulling it in. We want people who are business professionals to get pulled into the industry, because we believe that we will all benefit when that happens. I assume your pause means we're ready for another slide. The future of the industry, Mr. Paris. 
Yeah, I think this is my own opinion. I think there will be consolidation and roll-ups. You'll see larger companies and less fragmentation. Uh, kind of the definition of you couldn't lay a better ground for this to happen. It's an extremely fragmented market. It's one that has difficulty realizing liquidity and equity. It's one that has succession challenges. And it's one that has not yet gone through its renaissance of professionalization. Again, if you're gonna lay out you know, a, a custom grid of the environment that you'd want if you were gonna start consolidating or doing roll-ups, this is the definition of what you would look for. So basically what you're saying is there's other industries that we know, coffee, microbrewing, I mean, lots of other things that have done this and they were once here where we are. Yeah, and we farming see we are would now. be another good farming one. Farming is another good where one. Where it's kind of, this is what my dad did, it found me, and then you get those that realize that there's an unmet supply and demand gap, that's where profits to be had, and then you get more business being inserted mm -hmm. into an industry. Yep. One, of the business, one of the biggest problems with investors, private equity, all that other good stuff is they need places to park their money and they're actively searching for it. And this, this environment, I kind of phrase it as, you have a big boulder at the top of the hill, it's on the very edge, and there's a little like pivot stick standing there. <laughs> what do you think's gonna happen, right? It's very well set up. It's definitionally, if you look it up, like what is the definition of where this would happen? You couldn't pick a better environment to, see, to tee this up. And if I understand the metaphor right, you're the guy who's gonna karate kick the stick from out <laughs> of the boulder? <laughs> well, let's... Thanks for making a nice, easy metaphor for me to digest, yep, though, a yep. rock and a hill. I wanted you to be able to visualize it. I like no, that. Thank you. Yep. Okay. Building Better Contractors, the PCA. This is what we stand for. That's right. Next, Next slide. slide, please. Okay. All right. <laughs> this is, when, people, when people ask us, what is the Painting Contractors Association, our motto is to build better contractors. And everything you're going to see after that is our treatise on how we do that. So there's a number, thanks for asking me, Nick. There's a number right, of different ways good. that we do that. I'll take another slide back if you keep doing that. <laughs> thanks for asking me, Nick. There's many different ways that we do that. What's we, one way, Jason Paris? We do that through the PCA industry standards, right? This is something that started a long time ago, and it's a, an agreement of how the finished product should look, should there, should, should there be a dispute. This is something that helps professionalize our industry. They are also free They're to also everybody free. right now. Yeah, and it's something that we use. So it. PCA does a lot of things for membership. It also does a lot for the industry. We believe that by giving this out freely and getting it into the market, that it's going to help drive professionalization. And these are not just quick thoughts, musings, things like that. There is an actual committee where they spent months defining what a properly painted surface is, debates, meetings, everything else. Generations, yeah. Generations, of course. Yeah. Painter training, that's another way we believe we can help. So this is something that the PCA is offering now. We have both interior and exterior, English and native Spanish, so not dubbing, but videos done by a native Spanish speaker and painter uh, that goes over the fundamentals of painting. We've clearly defined what the end product should look like. We're starting to begin to define how do you get to that product? What is the, what is the process? And when we get statistics from our industry partners, um, it's, it's kind of all aligning that the majority of our industry is Spanish speaking. And a big initiative for Jason and I and the rest of the PCA over the next bunch of years is, great, we have content, but we also need to serve our members and serve our industry. This is free to members to, to use. Events, 
That'd be another way we believe that we can impact the industry and professionalize it. Gathering groups of people, making the relationships, uh, having some seminars that are useful, and uh, and uh, we're teach, sorry. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm front and honest. And teach you things. Uh, that's a way that PCA has a very big impact uh, in what we're trying to achieve: building better contractors. And it's not just our flagship, the expo. There is forums. There are regional events. There are masters classes by various people. I mean, there is a lot of stuff going on. If you guys look around, so this is we not do, just yeah. this. And we want to go hard now, yes. now that COVID's over. We want to go hard with this. Yep. Thanks for asking me, Nick. One thing that's new. <laughs> okay, that was on purpose. All right. You, you lay some background on this one, Jason. All right. Go back to the beginning of this video, by the way. Uh, so something that's new is our business accelerator. And so this is something we've been working on in the background for quite some time. Um, and is basically going through all the fundamental steps of how to professionalize a painting business. There's over 40 videos. Uh, they are guided by subject matter experts. These are um, high profile members and industry partners. And I'll let you, actually Nick, describe it. You describe it the best. Why don't you give it a shot? Can I let my video describe That's it the best? That's what I'm teeing you up for, yeah. You've heard from painting industry leaders on core concepts in professionalizing your business. Great work. Every just as planned. Towards gaining the information you need. Your grit now will determine whether you act on it. Key concepts that we've covered, such as establishing a healthy financial model, systems and processes, and establishing key roles in your business don't just happen by accident. They take intentional decisions. This course is the first step in the new professionalization program of the PCA. Moving forward, you'll have access to courses and coaches that will help guide your journey towards business ownership and creating equity value in your business. For now, here's my advice on applying these concepts. Pick the top two to three items that resonated with you from the course and sketch out a simple plan on how you're gonna get started with it. This can be as simple as a one-pager. Set a goal for when you will apply those action items. Mark a date in your calendar to measure your success in applying the concepts. You don't need to change your entire business immediately. Right now, it's just about taking the first steps. And please, above all else, do not let perfection stand in the way of really, really good. Moving forward, as part of the program, you'll have access to courses and coaches that will help you do a deep dive in some of the concepts we've covered today and many more. Items like personal development, use of technology, and financial fundamentals will all be explored in depth. Thank you for completing the course today. I hope you enjoyed it, and I can guarantee you this. You will not regret it. Okay, that's one video on the final course that we want to go through. So course one is called The Journey from Self-Employed to Business Ownership. I'll let you scroll to the next one. Course two, the foundation of a business, that's vision, values, and strategy that then has subsections around the traction VTO, shareholder mentality, Core values as a filter for decision-making, hiring your first employee, organizational structure, and strategic initiatives. And it's our friend Dustin Zapanzik. It's our friend. It says Canadian mullet for those in the back. It's the Minnesota Canadian humor mullet. came in right at the perfect time. I felt the room was getting low energy. I think yep. we did this right, Jason. We All call right, it Southern Canada a little bit. Buckle up. Here we go. <laughs> yep, yep. But like I said, subject matter experts, you see many pri uh, prominent members and industry partners uh, that we've coordinated with. And these are not just videos, this is on uh, a LMS, as we call it. It's <laughs> called an LMS. 
which is a learning management system. And so this is a guided process. It's not just a bunch of videos we're throwing up on internet land, something to guide you through each one of these courses. Jason and I believe that you know information and grit is part of this. The information you have to have, but you have to have the grit to get through it. And we want to do as much as we can to connect that for success. Next step, finance and professionalizing your business. We have financial budgeting, quality financial reporting, anatomy of a financial report, integrating gross margin into your culture, how financial models change as a business scales, and use of technology and financials. For those of you who aren't familiar with the 1380s, that's an abacus. Morgan is an accountant. She's a bookkeeper. I think it's if, a you math have to joke. if you explain jokes, they're probably not great. Well, it's a math joke. Okay. Yeah. All right, next slide. God, that's boy. Gosh. All right, that one. <laughs> Notes for next time. Yep, yep. Like I said, many, many subject matter experts that we've coordinated with to uh, create both the content and the, the videos on these. We have sales and marketing and professionalizing your business, customer reactivation and retention, metric based bidding, having a trainable sales process, controlling the flow of leads in your business, customer experience, and how to generate referrals. A lot of these have been common topics that we've looked through past year's expo events. <laughs> it says CrossFit for those in the, oh gosh. Okay, Dave Scotero in the room? Good. Oh yeah. Punch, punch you in the face. <laughs> We're afraid of him. All right. All right. Next slide. All right, operations and professionalizing your business. The handoff from sales to production, job site kickoffs and expectations, building a training program for your business, utilizing a production manager, sustaining a labor pipeline, and recall to reference and intuition to following a process. Chris Moore, are you in the room? There he is. Yeah, he's actually a good guy. We actually had <laughs> a hard, hard time roasting him, him so yeah. this is going to be a weak one. Yep, but his last name is Moore. So you could say, there's a Benjamin Moore tie. Also, as I dug into this, Chris, you thought no one noticed, you have a red and blue wall in your room, Benjamin Moore colors are red and blue, which can only mean you are actually Benjamin Moore. <laughs> gotcha. Right. That went better than I thought. <laughs> I, I almost didn't want to get with that one in there. Yeah, right, right. Chris Moore is actually a good guy. We don't have anything on him, so <laughs> it's a tough one. That's what we thought. He's a liar. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, some classic names. John Busick, former treasurer. Corey Leister just gave a great speak. Rick, oh, Rick Holtz foundation of our, of our association, and uh, Chris Moore, who's actually a good guy. Actually a good guy. <laughs> All right, leadership and professionalizing your business, aligning your people on vision and values, weekly cadences to manage performance, coaching and developing talent, recruiting for long-term retention, setting compensation plans for self-regulation, and leadership culture of an organization. This is the last course in the series. With all these topics, we do believe that we can make a big impact in people professionalizing their businesses. Oh boy. Here Next slide. Boom roasted. It says, roasted. for those in the back, you don't know, they don't know, they don't know that my weekly Facebook live show is very popular amongst an extremely specialist segment of society. And there's a man standing in the corner, sad, while everyone else is dancing at the party. And he has a brown beard. <laughs> this is, this is, feels like this was the Sherwin-Williams party in the in the corner last night. <laughs> And then if you zoom in a little bit on his shirt, great choice of font, in white it says, ask me questions please, I'm a painter. At the bottom of the shirt it says, cream shirt because I'm special. 
too special to wear a painter white shirt. A lot of inside jokes there. <laughs> you guys knew what you were getting into. Is that the last, <laughs> hopefully the last slide? Yeah, Danny Kerr, Breakthrough Academy. Uh, Jeff DuPont, Lindsay Mueller, sad they couldn't make it here today. Um, some great, great subject matter experts. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.